Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you are producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Christina Wallace, who is, amongst other things, the new author. Well, actually, she's a previous author as well. But the new book uh, that she has authored is called The Portfolio Life, and you must get your hands on this. It is so, so good. And Christina is a self-described human Venn diagram. (laughs) And after a decade as a serial entrepreneur, Christina joined the faculty of Harvard Business School, where she is the course head of the first-year entrepreneurship class and runs the HBS Startup Bootcamp. 
and what a dream job on so many levels. <laughs> uh, so her latest book, The Portfolio Life, is terrific and packed with practical tips and inspiring stories that will help you rethink your career and life choices, similar to what she has done. She is just a wealth of information, having operated companies, which I'm such a big fan of when people are actually telling you the 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 road to stardom to to success definitely is uh, is one that uh, Christina knows quite a bit about, and I think it's really great that she's decided to write a book about career choices and changing things around a little bit and her own journey. Uh, she will share with us today. So, welcome, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. I should also mention that I've known Christina for a while. So uh, actually... Um, like over a decade. Yeah. Pre-Harvard <laughs> Business School teaching and uh, pre-kids and marriage and all that kind of stuff. So I'm super, super excited to see and hear everything that she is doing. So what inspired you to write The Portfolio Life? So there were a couple of, of reasons that I wrote the book. Um, I started with uh, this this feeling that I had. I've been writing about many of these ideas in small ways over many, many years as a columnist for Forbes. I had had a podcast for several years called The Limit Does Not Exist. And I'd been doing some public speaking around this idea that you can have chapters of your life, go through seasons, you can diversify the components of your portfolio and crucially rebalance that portfolio for each of these seasons. As you go through these transitions, you can rethink how you build the business model for your life. Um, but equally so, I wanted to write this book to explain to my mother what it is I've been doing <laughs> with my career. Um, she's kind of like, what are you doing now? Uh, and I think there's a lot of people that I've met over the years who have sent me emails saying, I am so inspired by how you have managed to put all of the things that you are together in a, a life yeah. that works for you, that makes sense, that doesn't feel like you're a dilettante, like you're a flake, but also is completely unique to you. And how do I get permission to do that? So I wrote the book as part permission, as though I have the ability to give anyone permission, but also part process. Here's a really tactical way to think through the steps of, of building that business model for your life that is sustainable, that is balanced, that is future-proofed against the constant disruptions we're dealing with, and that allows you to be bigger than just how you monetize your time today. Well, I can't think of a better time for this book to come out as I hear, you know, lots of people getting laid off from their roles, maybe uh, their jobs that they thought they were going to be in for a while uh, are now being mm -hmm. taken over by AI um, type of <laughs> applications and whatever it is, yeah. uh, I think that understanding how the portfolio life is possible is super, super great. One of the things that I had read about it as I was doing research was something that uh, is growing in popularity called portfolio career. Uh, how does that different mm -hmm. differ from this? Have you heard about that? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I originally started writing about portfolio careers. That was actually one of my first Forbes posts. Everyone in the future should have a portfolio career. And, and the idea there is that you have 
multiple income streams. You're thinking about, uh, you know, really diversifying your professional network, as well as thinking about how you put to work your different skills and your interests. It's, it's instead of being like, I am a marketer. So all I will ever do is marketing. Instead of that, you can reframe it as like, I'm a storyteller. Mm -hmm. I might do that through marketing here. I might choose a journalism course there. I might go and think about becoming an author or a professor. There are so many different avenues for applying what I do. And crucially, I can do several of them at once. I can have side hustles or moonlighting projects or small businesses that I think about in addition to maybe that day job. That's a portfolio career. And I think that is an important part of this model. But I expanded it from career to a portfolio life because your career is in the context of your life. Mm -hmm. And as you think about rebalancing your portfolio for different stages, what you need at certain stages of your life is going to determine how much time you have for your work, how much flexibility you might need, or how much income you really have to bring in. And that's all holistic. And so I really, I, I chafe at this idea of work-life balance because work is part of life. And so I really, I wanted to expand this to say, as you think about your career, you also should be thinking about your family, your relationships, your community and impact, your hobbies, your health, your, your rest, your mental health. All of this is part of one big system. And, and that really hit home for me when I had my first child, mm -hmm. when I went from being able to work 18 hours a day and answer to no one to suddenly saying, I have a very different set of constraints. If I want to be the type of mother I want to be, I need to be thinking about my work in a very different way and design all of this for the next chapter. And that's why I came to Harvard to be a professor for this season of small children. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
no English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is Super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I love it. No, it's it's really great. It's, it's interesting. I think that uh, having kids uh, definitely changes a lot of people's uh, focus. Um, you know, not only mm-hmm. do you want to, how you want to divide your time, but also it, it forced me to kind of think about what else I was interested in. Uh, so I had a career in tech mm-hmm. prior to starting Hint, but I became very interested. I was always interested in health, but I became very interested primarily when I had kids uh, in, in making sure that I was providing health for them. And that's when I really started um, 
I, I think there was a hockey stick for me around health and around sugar yeah. and sweeteners and really getting in my curiosity sort of kicked into gear with that. So I think that it's, um, it really like, as I was reading the book, I mean, it really rang true for me on so many levels. So what are some practical strategies for successfully kind of navigating and balancing this portfolio life? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it starts with identity. It starts with understanding who you are and what you bring to the table that is greater than the title on your LinkedIn today. Mm -hmm. I think particularly the further you get on in your career, especially here in the US, the, the, the closer we start identifying with our jobs as though that is who we are. And so this requires a little bit of both self-reflection to say, okay, but I'm so much more than that. What are all the things that I love, the, the fascinations, the little, you know, things I nerd out about, but also the skills that I used to have that I really might not have had an opportunity to make use of the mm -hmm. last 10 or 20 or 30 years. That's still part of me. You know, I am I'm a classically trained musician, piano, cello, and voice. I spent the first 17 years of my childhood seriously studying music. And then I put it on the back burner for a little bit, but it's still part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And, and it's important that I remember that and keep that close. So we start with identity and this can be self-reflection. It also can be about going to the people that know and love you and asking them what they see. When they look at you, you, I give you three questions in the book. When have you seen me happiest? What do you come to me for? Like, what is that moment where you think, I should see what Christina thinks about this? And where do I stand out against my peers? Because that reflection might help you recognize that you are so many other things that you don't currently understand. So you start with this broader identity. And that's where my phrase human Venn diagram came from. I did this work myself and I was like, you know what? I do a lot of different things, but I am this multidisciplinary person who loves to live at the intersections. That's, that's who I am. So we start with identity. Then we think about um, how you are building the model for this season of your life. What do you need right now? That can be everything from, you know, how much money you have to earn to right now, I need autonomy and flexibility in my life. I have young children. They get sick all the time. I need the ability to clear my day and go take care of them if I have to. I also, I need an office with a door, as you can see right now. I, I don't do well in open workspaces. Mm -hmm. So understanding what do I need for this chapter? And then we go to what do you want? What do you wish for your life? I, I push you to grab a stack of post-its and write out a hundred wishes for your life. And that number is ridiculously large because I want you to think beyond career goals or what do I want for this season? I want you to think broadly on your deathbed. What impact do you want to have had? What things do you want to have seen? Who do you want to have loved? What do you want for your life? And then you take those three things, who you are, what you need, what you want, and you craft a combination and, you know, an allocation of your time and your talents across things. You say, how can I meet these needs and drive closer to those wishes, those wants through my job, my volunteer work, my relationships, my personal time? How do I fit this together crucially 
in a way that isn't going to burn me out. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to say yes, yes, yes to all the things. And then you're like, I have overcommitted. And that's what leads to burnout. So there's a, a structure for this that I provide in the book that really helps you understand your capacity and then fit these pieces together. And these are the four pillars. What will work for this season. Mm-hmm. And these are the four pillars. Uh, do you want to go yes. over those? Sure. I mean, it's it's identity, optionality, diversification, and flexibility. Mm-hmm. And and you know, we we already covered identity. Optionality is really understanding that no matter where you are in your life, I don't care if you are like 92, you are not stuck. You are not on a straight path that can only go in one direction. You may have closed off doors along the way, but there are always still doors available. So many times people feel like, well, I chose that major. I followed this path. I've been doing it for too long to make a change. This is who I am now. And I disagree with that. You always have the ability, but you have to see it first. So we have that optionality. Then flexibility is really understanding that there's especially today, there's so many different models. And this is where I get into later some of the different business models. Maybe you have a day job where you're moonlighting. Maybe you are zigzagging from one full-time thing to another full-time thing. Maybe you're cobbling together multiple projects at the same time as a true portfolio career. Um, So you have these simultaneous work streams. There are lots of different ways you can design your work based on what you need right now. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, um, sorry, that was flexibility. The third one was diversification, which is about, this is how you future-proof. In a world that is this volatile, that is not slowing down its rate of change, the only way to future-proof is through diversification. Mm -hmm. And that means not just multiple income streams, but how are you thinking about your network? How are you thinking about, you know, who is going to show up and help you? If you get laid off here, do you have other resources there? If this whole industry gets uprooted by AI, can you take a pivot and go a hard left and take your skills to a whole different world? It's going to be easier to do that if you're not starting from scratch. So how can you build some of that diversification in before you need it? No, I love it. I think that this is also, as you start to reflect on all of those pillars too, it's a you're going to be a little uncomfortable, right? I mean, you're sort of kind of going back down to the bottom to figure out the learnings, the skills that you need maybe, but also maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you have in your toolbox that you can actually use in, you know, this next iteration of you. So um, it's a fun process. It can be daunting probably at times, (laughs) but, uh, but I think that it's it's absolutely something that is uh, that is so many people are reflecting on that right now, or or maybe being forced to reflect on it mm-hmm. and should be reflecting on it. But I think it's it's so key. So can you share any personal experiences or stories that <laughs> kind of have shaped your own understanding and appreciation for living a portfolio life? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the key stories, and I I lean into this hard in the book, it's the third chapter, which is all about failure. Mm -hmm. And it's that my first startup failed, like straight up ran out of money before we could figure out the business model. And it was the first time in my entire life that I had failed at anything. Hmm. You know, I had always been a high achiever, worked hard, smart, sort of. I And I realized by that point, I think I was 27 or 28, 
I realized that I had started opting into things by virtue of, of saying, like, I think I can be good at that. Like, I'm, I'm not going to take the risk of trying something that I'm not going to be good at because success is part of my identity. Mm-hmm. That is the story I tell myself. Failure does not fit that story. And when I had that realization, you know, sort of facing failure so bluntly, um, it forced me to reckon with, you know, how many opportunities have I missed because I was afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. And failure, which feels especially to young people who have gotten great grades and gone down the high achieving school route, it feels like a moral judgment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then you realize like everyone in history has failed at some totally. point. Marriages fail. People get fired. You know, all, all of us have faced failure. You realize that as an adult, but I think especially for younger people, it feels like the end of the world. Yeah. And when you recognize that it's not, it's just a moment where you wanted something to happen and it didn't. Yeah. Right. And it could have been your fault. Okay. You've learned something. It it might not have been your fault. It mm-hmm. might have been the world you're in, the context, the the external environment, whatever that is. You've learned something and now you can move forward. I realized in that moment I had to get better at being bad at things. I had to get I had to practice failing. I had to like build this muscle or I would never take risks mm-hmm. again. So I decided to start uh, long distance running. I took up like marathons <laughs> because I'm a terrible runner. I'm like a six hour marathon. Yeah. I'm a terrible runner. Um, I've never been an, a natural athlete, but I, I was like, this is something you are bad at and you are going to do it over and over and over again until you can, can change that story that you tell yourself. And it's no longer, I'm someone who succeeds. It's I'm someone who shows up, works hard and tries. And that internal monologue changed everything. It gave me the ability to go out and try building another startup after having just failed at doing that exact thing. And without that, you can't, you can't build diversification without taking risks. Mm-hmm. That's literally so the point of a portfolio strategy. Yeah. So getting comfortable with failure is a key part of being able to future-proof you don't know what's going to happen. The world is entirely unknown. And if you will only do things that you can predict the outcome of, you are going to have a smaller and smaller option set as we continue on. I loved your your point in the book, and you just talked about it a minute ago, but the just ha- you called it the just have coffee point uh, in, yes. in the book. <laughs> like, I think that that's perfect because when I think about steps to move forward when people are sitting mm-hmm. in this position they're like oh my gosh what christine is talking about is me um you know it's definitely a i've been through a failure i you know i'm stuck whatever this idea of taking that first step and figuring out okay who am i going to go have coffee with and say mm-hmm. you know you're you're somebody that i value your opinion tell me answer these three questions about, you know, or whatever, like everyone can do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I think it, it starts the process for people, but how can individuals effectively identify and develop these strengths? What am I missing? Yeah. I mean, part of it really does require that, that excavation of, of who you've always been. You know, I look at my children, my kids are one and three, and they are so creative. They are so 
just fearless. They are, they are all of these things that I look at them and I'm like, you know how many of my MBA students are convinced they don't have a creative bone in their body? Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, I'm not creative. I'm, I'm an analyst. I'm a financial person. I am an operator. I'm not creative. And I was like, you were all a three-year-old once. You are creative. You need to reacquaint yourself with that creativity. So whether this requires you to go and try a few crazy things like a comedy improv class or um, go join some, you know, startup uh, uh, pitch competition that will like put you on stage, whatever that thing is to kind of jumpstart you out of your comfort zone. That is often a great first step because once you do that, then you're like, oh, well, that wasn't quite so bad. Let's see what else I have. And you can go through this, you know, this isn't like a squirrel yourself away for a weekend with a notebook and solve all of your, your problems through journaling, right? Like you, you have to go out and get some external data points mm-hmm. along with these moments of self-reflection. And that's where the coffee chats become really helpful. You can take a look at who am I? What do I bring to the table? When am I my best? And you have a point of view informed by decades of knowing yourself. Sure. But you have to go talk to other people. Yeah. You would be fascinated by how many people I've talked to through the course of reporting on this book that have said, I had no idea that everyone was impressed by this thing I did. It was so natural to me. I just assumed everyone could do it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, that's a superpower. How did you not are you kidding? Yeah. So it requires these external data points. And once you start doing these coffee chats, it also helps you build that muscle of reaching out and staying connected. I think the other big piece of this is it's easy to lose the breadth of your network. The further you get into your career, the more responsibilities you have on your plate. If you're not in a role where you're regularly you know, needing to reach out to people, you can start to become really siloed. And silos are what is like going to be a problem in those moments where you are laid off or you decide you hate your career and want to do something new. So keeping those relationships really strong is going to be a huge catalyst for this life. Yeah, I think that's so, so key. So what other key messages or insights if we look at, you know, the book, like what, what do you hope you're sitting on an airplane and somebody's like, oh, I just <laughs> read the portfolio life. It was awesome. Or maybe somebody's mm-hmm. thinking, okay, I want to buy this for somebody like that I really care about. Maybe mm-hmm. I want to buy it for my team uh, that mm-hmm. because I really feel like um, they could yeah. start, they could be thinking about this for their team, whatever. What key yeah. insights do you want people or, or I should say key messages that mm-hmm. people can take away? There's, I would say there's three. One is, as we think about burnout, there's some research I point to in the last third of the book that I I continue to find resonates so strongly with everyone. And so it's become one of my big talking points um, around how you think about managing your capacity. Um, And the research I point to is from manufacturing lines, the best in the world that operate at 85% capacity. Not 100%, not 110%. They they max out at 85% capacity because they recognize you need to have time for maintenance. You need time for do-overs. You need time for if your best customer comes and says, can you do a rush order? You want to be able to help them. So Mm -hmm. you have to leave space for 
for serendipity and for for rest for you know um downtime and and they say the reason is planned downtime is cheaper than unplanned downtime right and and anyone who has had that moment of burnout as i have had finds out you can either take the nap or you can end up in bed with mono and pneumonia at the same time like one way or another your body is going to find itself in your bed totally. <laughs> so so really be intentional about how you allocate your time and draw that hard line on I've maxed out my capacity right now and I'm going to start really saying no because I cannot uh, run ragged and not think it's going to catch up with me. That 85% is both you as an individual, but it's also a way that you can think about your team. You know, I can't tell you how many people I know who say like, I am in meetings all day long. When am I supposed to do my work? Like, <laughs> like you're in, you're ensuring that I have to work nights and weekends and, and holidays in order to catch up. And so as you think about how can we max out at 85% to leave space for downtime and for serendipity, this also becomes relevant from a team's point of view, as you are thinking about how do I future proof my company? How do I future proof my, my talent? Because there's going to be a lot of changes to jobs in the next few years. And if you as a manager can walk the walk and show your teams how you have a portfolio life. You have hobbies. You have new things. You are constantly learning. You make space for family mm -hmm. and you are flexible with how those things fit into the day. Your team will feel permission to do that too. The reason this will help you future-proof your, your talent is that if and when you get to a point where you say, I need to lay off 90% of my marketing team. AI can do this for me now. I don't need that anymore. But those people say, well, I'm more than just a marketer. Right. I've also been learning to code. I've also fallen in love with customer service. I've also been doing all these other things. And I am perfectly happy to rotate into an entirely different division here. And it's not just that I had this in the back of my head. You gave me a stretch assignment two years ago on this. You allowed me to moonlight in that other department and understand how that works. You don't have to lay them off. You can redeploy them. So having that flexibility in your own team and your own company will give you the ability to match talent with needs rather than holding on to an outdated talent model simply because you don't want to fire a whole bunch mm -hmm. of people. Exactly. No, I think that those are excellent, excellent messages and, and key takeaways for sure. So, well, thank you so much, Christina. This is so great. We'll have all the info in the show notes too, but everybody needs to... Uh, pick up a copy of The Portfolio Life. And uh, are you also doing an audio version of the book? I did. You can Yay. listen to my sweet, sweet voice on Yay. the audiobook. Awesome. And uh, also hear more um, from Christina that way. But, but also I'll put all the info for Christina too if you want to learn more about her and her terrific journey and uh, what she's doing today, et cetera. So thank you so much, Christina, for all of your wisdom. And thanks everyone for listening. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. 
We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023. And goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Golden.